Something inside him resonated to the Arizona high country, and more particularly to Stone Creek Ranch, like one prong of a perfectly balanced tuning fork. The sensation was peculiar to the place. He'd never felt it in his sprawling lakeside mansion outside Nashville, on the periphery of a town called Hendersonville, or at the villa in Mexico, or any of the other fancy digs where he'd hung his hat over the years since he'd turned his back on the spread, and so much more, to sing for his supper. His grin was slightly ironic as he stood by the truck and watched the jet soar back into the sky. His retirement from the country music scene at the age of 35 and the height of his success had caused quite a media stir. He'd sold the jet and the big houses and most of what was in them and given away the rest, except for the guitar and the clothes he was wearing, and he knew he'd never regret it. He was through with that life, and once an O'Balavan was through with something, that was the end of it. The jet left a trail across the sky, faded to a silver spark, and disappeared. Brad was about to climb into the truck and head for the ranch house, start coming to terms with things there, when he spotted a familiar battered gray suburban jostling and gear grinding its way over the rough road that had never really evolved beyond its beginnings as an old-time cattle trail. He took off his hat, even though the wind nipped at the edges of his ears, and waited, partly eager, partly resigned. The old Chevy came to a chortling stop a few inches from the toes of his boots, throwing up a cloud of red-brown dust, and his sister Olivia shut the big engine down and jumped out to round the hood and stride right up to him. You're back, Olivia said, sounding nonplussed. The eldest of Brad's three younger sisters, at 29, she'd never quite forgiven him for leaving home, much less getting famous. Practical to the bone, she was small, with short, glossy, dark hair, and eyes the color of a brand new pair of jeans, and just as starchy. Olivia was low woman on the totem pole at a thriving veterinary practice in the nearby town of Stone Creek, specializing in large animals, and Brad knew she spent most of her work days in a barn someplace, or out on the range, with one arm shoved up where the sun didn't shine, turning a crossways calf or colt. I'm delighted to see you too, Doc, Brad answered dryly. With an exasperated little cry, Olivia sprang off the soles of her worn-out boots to throw her arms around his neck, knocking his hat clear off his head in the process. She hugged him tight, and when she drew back, there were tears on her dirt-smudged cheeks, and she sniffled self-consciously. If this is some kind of publicity stunt, Livy said, once she'd rallied a little, I'm never going to forgive you. She meant to retrieve his hat, handed it over. God, she was proud. She'd let him pay for her education, but returned every other check he or his accountant sent with the words, No Thanks, scrawled across the front in thick black capitals. Brad chuckled, threw the hat into the pickup to rest on top of the guitar case. It's no stunt, he replied. I'm back for good.
ready to take hold and count for something, as Big John used to say. The mention of their late grandfather caused a poignant and not entirely comfortable silence to fall between them. Brad had been on a concert tour when the old man died of a massive coronary six months before, and he'd barely made it back to Stone Creek in time for the funeral. Worse, he'd had to leave again right after the services, in order to make a sold-out show in Chicago. The large infusions of cash he'd pumped into the home place over the years did little to assuage his guilt. How much money is enough? How famous do you have to be? Big John had asked, in his kindly but irascible way. Not once, but a hundred times. Come home, damn it. I need you. Your little sisters need you. And God knows Stone Creek Ranch needs you.